You are loved. Hello and welcome to the Ignite Youth Podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name's Julie Adams and I am joined by brand new dad, Pastor Marcellus. Yeah. Ellis. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. And it's good to be back. I've, yeah. I've, as people know, I've been off for a little bit. So this is my first yeah. podcast back. So Enjoying yeah. some family time. Yeah, it's been really yeah. nice. It's been great. Just awesome. to be able to hang out with Carrie and Ollie and just kind of go through these first two weeks of yeah. um, just kind of sitting with them and being with them and crying and the feeding and the pooping. <laughs> and it's been it's been wonderful. And and that's just you you're talking about. No, I'm no. <laughs> I have to be, I have to be honest. When, when Ollie first came, changing diapers didn't scare me. It was yeah. actually feeding. Really? Feeding was the thing that scared me the most. Huh. I'm getting more comfortable with it, but it's still, yeah. I don't know. It's still, because he does this really weird thing when I feed him. Doesn't okay. do it with Carrie. Carrie feed him. He sits there. He'll just, like, sometimes we have to use a bottle, so he'll just take the bottle. And, but when I feed him, though, he really likes, I, I like, cradle him in my arm. Yeah. And I have his head up to, like, kind of my shoulder, so he's good, like, so, you know, down good like that. Right. Good angle. Yeah. Good form. Except he likes to tilt his head completely up. Like, he'll just, Aww. he'll just. He wants to gaze up at you. He's not looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just looking straight. Sometimes he looks at me, and he looks back at the wall. And he's like, you're not tilting it enough. And he's like, but I don't know what to do. And I'm like, like, when you tilt your head back, you close your airways. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, he's not. So I have to keep taking the bottle away, readjusting his head, and then it goes down. And I hear him breathe. And I put it back in, and he's instantly like, <laughs> I'm like, buddy, what are you doing? And Carrie is laughing because he's like, he doesn't do that with anyone else. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. He's but, just trying to trick you. Yeah. He, he's a stinker. He, he <laughs> likes to... I changed his diaper and all of a sudden, two seconds later, it's like, well, you need to change it again, dad. And it's yeah. like, oh, really? <laughs> See how it is? That's funny. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah well, we're no. very excited for you. We can't wait to watch him uh, grow. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be great, especially in the however many years it is till he actually is able to join youth as well and see what that's like i'm I'm not talking about that because that's way too far away way too far away kitty college first yeah yeah let's get let's get to the nursery first yeah there you go yeah but yeah um but last week um we had colin join us and he did a fantastic job you know talking about you know how you actually matter in god's story yes and so um i think that is just a wonderful and amazing thing we want to continue that on Mm -hmm. um and talking you know how we actually matter God's story, um, even when we don't feel like we do matter. Um, yeah. So even when the world appears, you know, crashing on you, truth is still truth. And you matter to God's story because he's right there with you. And, you know, we learn, we learn from the Bible that God takes the first step towards us. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus uh, talked about this in the book of John where he said, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them and I will raise them up at the last day. Um, that's how and from Luke chapter 15, we actually see how Jesus actually runs toward us. He invites us. Um, we did a song at Senior High this past week where we called, um, we did two songs actually, Run to the Father. Mm-hmm. And we also did Reckless Love where it's like nice. chasing down, like breaking yeah. things down, like God is running after you. And now actually God actually wants to invite us and actually be, be with us and actually do this. Um, but for today, I wanted to share a story from the Old Testament. So I feel like when we talk about this idea of you are loved, we don't usually go to the Old Testament. No, it's usually more uh, Old Testament always, not always, but often feels um, go to the temple, make your yeah. sacrifice, tithe this much, and yep. God will be happy with you and he won't smite you. 
And the New Testament is more lovey-dovey. It is, yeah. yeah. So the story from Isaiah, um, it's I find it really interesting because in Isaiah chapter six we learn about an event that happened in the year of King um, Uzziah, um, the king when he died. Um, so let me kind of explain what's really going on. So Uzziah became king when he was sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a guy and you're sixteen, none of us should be kings. <laughs> <laughs> It shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. No 16-year-old should ever be a king or be prepared to because it, it shouldn't happen. But he had a really good run. Good. He did. <laughs> you know, he reigned for 52 years. Wow. Which... He must have been a remarkable uh, guy. In ancient times, to actually be able to reign for that long... That's long time. ...is shocking. Yeah. One, the stress killed kings a lot back mm. in that time. Yep. Assassinations, illness, other attempts... They didn't live for a very long time. Actually, it's really mm-hmm. fascinating historically if you look at it. Like palaces were actually dirtier than peasants' quarters. Really? There are more indulgences Fe- there. More indulgences. Yeah. There's more feasting. There's more food. Scra- there's just there's more rats. There's more issues. They actually had more in medieval England. There's more rats in palace keeps than there were in the village squares. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Which is a, sorry, history That's a nerd. Fun fact. But yeah. yeah. Um. So he reigned for 52 years. Um. Truthfully, it was a great run until he decided to disobey the Lord. So Isaiah went into the temple to burn incense, but God had been clear that only priests could do that. Mm. Now, I should explain what a priest is in the Bible. Prophets speak um, for God, but priests help people get to God. So they are the people who God used to help others get to God, help others with sacrifices, different things like that, to kind of be there for people. Prophets, you know, taking from what's God and saying that priests were more kind of almost not like a pastor, but someone who's there with you and going through you and kind of there in it who would come with you and do things like that. A little, little more personal, I guess you yeah. could say. Um, and so, um, where was I? So prophets speak for God and priests help people get to God. When Jesus came, everything changed, obviously. Um, priests are no longer needed in the same way because Jesus has stepped in as a for a priest. He is the way to get to God. In fact, the Bible says this clearly. Um, in John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it's really clear, um, Jesus, how we get to God. That is how we get to God, through mm-hmm. Jesus. So anyway, King Uzziah tried to play the role of priest. Since that was like a no-no, God actually struck him with leprosy. He's like, you kind of went against the clear rules that I was giving you. Yeah. And so obviously leprosy is a very serious skin disease. Yes. Um, and so Uzziah died. And this was a huge event. This guy ruled for 52 years in like in the U.S. Because I feel like people know politics very well yes. for the U.S. You can only reign. You can reign. You can only, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can only be president for eight years. Yep. So imagine a president's room for 52 years and they die tragically. See, this would have hit the nation so hard. This would have hit the nation very dip. Israel was hit hard by this yeah. because it's like this guy was there for us. He was and like he was kind of a generational, king, right? Yeah, like, he was. They liked him. Yeah, he had a great reign. It's a very generational kind of person you're seeing. Um, so everyone knew when it happened and would always remember. So when Isaiah wrote, "In the year of King Uzziah died," everyone knew what he meant. They knew exactly what he was. It's like when a major event happens in our world. Yes. Like, oh, so that like then like um, 
like know, I'm a trying wor- to think. a world war is that what you're world going war to or um, COVID. Co- exactly for us probably in this generation you say COVID, everyone knows what time you're speaking yes. of um so with that said um let's talk about what happened to isaiah in the year king uzziah died isaiah says four words that will lead us into the story for tonight those four uh for <laughs> tonight for this podcast for this podcast i'm used to speaking at night so those four <laughs> words isaiah said are i saw the lord mm. i saw the lord i've seen god's awesomeness displayed in nature and people and through circumstances despite this i can say with confidence that i've never seen god as he truly is and the bible says that god is someone because we can't see god truly like we no. I, I it's a very weird feeling because you're like i really want to but at the same time you read like, through scripture you're like maybe not like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um in first timothy 6 uh 16 says who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see to be to him be honor and mighty forever amen see god dwells in unapproachable light think about what that means he is so awesome that it can't be approached that he's actually brighter than the sun that that light that shines from his eyes it's so powerful it's mm-hmm. so immense it's so all covering so in the gospel of john we read um no one has ever seen god but the one and only son who is himself god and is close in is in closest relationship with the father has made him known you know elsewhere john wrote um john 4 24 says god is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in the truth so to recap what we know god uh, the father is a spirit who dwells in unapproachable light nobody can see him and um and live in the old testament moses um told god he wanted to see his glory and god basically said to him you can't handle my glory Mm-hmm. Um, instead, God put Moses in a little cleft in a rock and covered him up with his hand. Um, I have no idea what that looks like, yeah. um, but it sounds really interesting. Um, yeah. God then passed by Moses, and after he passed, he removed his hand. Picture that. Moses is in the rock, covered by God, God's hand, and God passed by. And after God had passed, he removed his hand. Even though God had passed, his glory was so awesome that after seeing it, Moses' face lit up. So the light, God passed, and that light was still there. Yeah. And it lit up Moses' face, like. Yeah. And you're in a cleft of rock, and you're in darkness, and this light like just shines, and it was so bright that they had to wear a veil, for a month, for the, a, a period of time, almost like yeah. a month. To summarize, God is awesome beyond what we can even fully understand. We talk about in youth a lot, like this this idea of putting God in a box. Yeah. When actually God is way outside of the box like god actually just is so much bigger and so much more powerful and you're like well i can make a big box no you can't you can't actually contain (laughs) god into a box um and so with all that said remember how john wrote that no man can see god and live there's actually more to this verse where we actually look at it again no one has ever seen god but the one and only son who is himself god and his closest relationship with the father he has made him known God has made himself known through Jesus, and that's what we know. We can't see God the Father as he is, at least right now, but God has made himself known through Jesus, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So when Isaiah says, I saw the Lord, it's a big deal. And maybe that he actually he actually means Jesus. Um, before Jesus came to earth, you know, as a baby, mm. Jesus um, made mention of this in John 12 when he quoted the book of Isaiah. And then John wrote, Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke to him. And that's in... Mm. Um, John 12 verse 41. So in 
the thing is, I know that a lot of us, you know, we're going to ask questions um, when we talk about this in youth, um, especially. Um, But Isaiah described his encounter with the Lord. He saw the Lord and he is high and lifted up and he wrote, he wore a robe and the train of the robe filled the whole temple with glory, which is, it's, it's this amazing picture of him just saying, God was was just elevated. It was amazing. It was incredible. You know, above God were angelic beings known as a seraphim. Um, Each of them had six wings Uh, with two wings. They covered their faces and two and they, with two, they covered their feet and with two, they were flying on as they rode. Um, they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I swear I've heard that before. Yeah, I know. Um, at the sound of their voices, um, the doorposts and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. So I have to say, imagine what Isaiah is thinking in this moment, this vision that he's getting from God. Yeah. What are you seeing? Um, he'd be, you know, he saw the Lord and he was blinded by the incredible glory and witnessed these beings who kept saying, holy, holy is the Lord almighty. And, you know, I've ever noticed um, how people who go to the ocean always post pictures of it. Yeah. Right. It's beautiful. Sometimes a lot of pictures is like, we get it. You you're by the ocean. People just keep posting, you know, when people, someone, that one friend that's on vacation, you're like, get it. You know, you we get it. <laughs> you're in Cuba. Uh, I'm in Canada in six feet of snow. It's fine. Yeah. Enjoy um, the sand. Yeah. They do it because they are continually awed by the ocean. Yeah. They do it because they're continually amazed. And you see that the ocean hundreds of times and it never stops being awesome. Mm-hmm. Just like a beautiful sunset. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. So we were flying. Um, I was, it was my first time I ever on an airplane. I looked out the, I got window seat because I was the youngest and I, I was yeah. going to be upset if I didn't. Um, <laughs> I was causing a, a ruckus Aww. and I was like, <laughs> I remember looking over and there was, it was clouds and we got above the clouds. I noticed like the clouds was like just rolling hills and I could see yeah. the sun bouncing off them. And I was like, I was in awe and I was like, I took a picture. I was like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, that was, that was incredible. So every time I get in a plane and we get to that height and if it's a really clear day, I'm a little bummed, but when it's like just that, that yeah. like bit of cloud, I'm like, oh, it's just, it's perfect and it's beautiful. It's amazing. In the same way, these seraphim continue to see, continue to see, you know, how holy, how awesome and perfectly set apart God is. And it never gets old some. Someone is like, it's just, it's continually odd. Yeah. Um, Isaiah was staying there. Things were shaking and there was smoke. Isaiah's reaction was to say, woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live among the people, I live among a people of lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. See, Isaiah saw God and immediately realized how sinful and broken he actually was. He saw that he was ruined, which um, is so powerful. You know, he recognized that in God's presence, he cannot stand on his own and nobody can. Mm-hmm. And what's really incredible is how, what I, Isaiah realized, you know, this, that, you know, I'm, I'm broken seeing God. And he was a prophet. Yeah. He's a big deal. Yeah. And he's seeing that he is, you know, broken, that something is wrong. And um, he's, he's, he's just, he doesn't know what to do. And I think all of us can kind of relate to this. Yeah. Because we've all felt broken, I think, before. Like, some, oh, yeah. like something's not right or we're, we're not feeling great. Um, and it's just that, those, those nagging feelings. 
um, and sometimes don't realize it till we actually meet God. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize that there was anything really wrong with my life. Like yeah. I, till I till I actually met God, till I actually got to know Jesus, and um, I realized there was something missing. There was something wrong. Um, so the thing is, Isaiah is actually mattered in God's matters so much in God's story, just like you and I matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the seraphim flew o- over to Isaiah with a live coal in his hand. He had picked it up from the coal from the altar using tongs to get Isaiah wrote with it. He touched my mouth and said, see, this um, has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. This is actually a really, really beautiful moment where God sent an angel to take away Isaiah's guilt. Um, and the word atoned means to be made right. So God reached out into the water and pulled him out of the pool mm. to safety. Um, the point is, the point of all of this is actually say that in God's story, and the whole mess of the world that we see and everything going on, that you actually matter and that you're, you're actually loved and that Jesus actually loves us. Um, and that whatever situation, and I, I feel more in recognizing with this now being a dad. Yeah. Like having a son and all of this, like if there's ever a situation, if there's ever anything, I'm going to go for him. Of course. I'm going to go for him. I'm yeah. going to always pursue him, always go for him. And the thing is, I see it now. I'm like, whoa, God, that's so like, I understand. And like maybe the 1% of how you actually feel for us. Yeah. just that you're always pursuing us. You're always going for us. Yep. Because he actually loves us. He actually wants to be with us. Yeah. Um, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. But we're still sinners. You know, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. And that we all struggle. We're all sinners. Pro- Isaiah, who was an amazing prophet, struggled and sinned and had guilt and God still used his person, still showed that he mattered, how we actually all matter. Um, and because of this, you know, because of Jesus, really, we are loved. And there are two things I want us to take from this. One is to actually accept his love. Mm. And I know when we hear that, like, that's easy. Like, I can just, like, it's... No, it's not. It's difficult. <laughs> it's like, sometimes you feel like you don't deserve it. And really, we don't. Yep. But... We need to accept it anyway. Yeah, because I, I I have felt through this. To actually accept his love, you actually need to be accept who you are. Mm. That's something I found when I was when I struggled with it. I said, God, there's no point. Like, why would you ever want me? Why Why would you ever choose to love me? I am a broken person. I you're uh, flawed. I'm flawed. Like there's <laughs> like, but there were so many things that ran through my head, and I yeah. and now looking back, and I realized no, it was God actually walking me through accepting myself for who I am, yeah, for how He created me to be, and there's accepting His love, and then going on and being who God created you to be, yeah, being someone filled with joy, being someone who is passionately out there serving and helping others, and living for God, and talking with Him, and communicating with Him, um, and I hope that. The more we talk about this of youth, that we can actually embrace and accept that love, um, and then and the next thing is actually embrace this mission, and you know embrace means to hold to enthusiastically support or you know. And let me read to you um, what happened to Isaiah that I did mention for. This is Isaiah six eight. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" Isaiah raised his hand and boldly said, "I'm your guy." As I said, like send me. Yeah. Um, that's actually one of the first verses in scripture I read. Um, actually when I first opened my Bible, I just opened to like the middle section of something. And that was actually the first thing I read. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. But 
just like Isaiah, we matter in God's story. And he invites you to grab hold. God actually invites you to grab hold. Um, no, our, our, our youth name is Ignite. Mm-hmm. Our slogan says to take hold and ignite one's faith. God is has his hand out. He is there with it. And it's like, just take hold of it. Yeah. And so to accept his mission, I, I want to say that to actually serve people, to go out and show love and compassion and to accept the love that he offers you and to give that to others as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, when Isaiah sends, here I am, send me, I wonder how many of us in our hearts are already saying that. And I want to encourage us to be able to say that and yeah. hear God send me. Um, and so as, we f- as we're finishing up, um, I just want to say that um, I hope that all of us um, in the coming weeks and times that we're just sitting, that we can really accept these two things, to accept God's love for us, that his compassion, his care, um, and to also embrace this mission of living it out. Yeah. And I hope that it's in all of us that we are able to do this. Awesome. Thank you very much, Pastor Wes. Um, if you want to get in touch with Pastor Wes, you can reach him at Wes at WayneFleetBIC.com and my email address is Julie at WayneFleetBIC.com. So thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next week. Have a great week. Bye.